Alright, oh, hold up. <clears throat> now we're good. What are you, what are you looking? <laughs> Is that a Discord notification? I just double checked everything. I just had <laughs> I had Spotify yeah. running in the back. We're good. We're good. We're good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that right there, don't cut it, John. I wanted to start right there. We made sure Discord notifications <laughs> were off. We're back with another episode of the Practice Makes Perfect podcast. Your favorite Fortnite commentator here, Monster D-Face, bringing you guys all the action this week. This has been in a ridiculous week. You can hear, I guess, the excitement in mine and John's uh, hey. reactions here as we're absolutely ready to jump into this week because there is there's a little too much to talk about. We have to really slimmed down this episode john we had we had to be careful we we uh recorded a special offline uh podcast for you uh, episode a little bit ago and uh we were like hey let's make this a short one and we still went like an hour so we just get excited <laughs> to talk about games bro and then and then we're like we'll be like looking at something on twitter then news will break like in the moment we'll talk about it so we're gonna be good for y'all tonight though we're gonna be uh we're gonna be succinct and to the point and the sad part, guys, the last episode, I think he got flagged because I put a title on it that was maybe a little too controversial, which is crazy because that's kind of all we talk about here. So I'm going to try to be really particular with this week's episode to draw you in, but still hit the topics because we have some pretty some pretty significant, some pretty big topics we're going to talk about. Um, in particular, we even have to, to shave some off because there was there's a lot of heated stuff going on so we won't be talking about all the drama that's unfolding across esports in general but we definitely have one of the big ones and the big one to me is covering this story of g2's former ceo ocelot aka carlos also known as carlos so the big deal here i'll jump into the details but before i get there i want to thank you guys for of course tuning in rocking with us downloading these episodes checking them out i was checking out our last like 30 to 45-day history. One of our episodes hit 5,000 downloads. That's a big deal for us because, remember, this is all experimental when we kind of jumped on and decided to talk wider esports. So if you are enjoying these episodes, please leave us a review on Apple. Show us love, man, whether it's the Fortnite podcast, whether it's Practice Makes Perfect. Show us some support. But neither here nor there. Let's jump into this, John. We got some stuff to talk about. G2 Ocelot essentially gets hit with the wrath of cancel culture. And yes, I'm using that you know phrase out the gate because I genuinely believe this is what happens. Um, he, unfortunately, for context here, decided to go out and celebrate or found himself in a situation where he was uh, seemingly, again, according to the video, it looked like he was partying with who we like to call the Tate brothers. Um, and the problem with this, John, as you may know, Andrew Tate might just be the most hated man on the internet. Uh, like, like it, 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 for good reason. Let's be honest here. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff this man has done to put himself in the in the line of controversy, but in particular on the side of the fence, where like no female supports this man, right? Like, like that's a that's a thing, and that's because of his um, sexist attitude, the misogynistic takes he's had, and just downright like I don't, I don't even know what to call it, but like. He's he's got this complex, dude. This this ego or this superior uh, complex that comes off as kind of narcissistic, I guess. And he he's grown to have a lot of haters and a couple people that do support him. But for the most part, the general trend is that's the one guy you can't party with. So, what do you think about this, John? Well, yeah, and specifically, um, many of you may be aware, but um, this individual, I don't know if his other brother was, but I know that. Uh, Andrew Tate himself was, um, 
was removed from several social media platforms um, officially. And um, so it's kind of like a move across the board, which you don't, um, which you've only seen a couple times and you can only think of a couple of uh, uh, specific people that that's happened uh, to um, that they kind of wiped them, wiped them out. And so there wasn't necessarily a written rule, uh, which is, I think, part of some of the nuance that we want to talk about here um, that you can't do this or you can't associate with this person. But but the the outcry um Javier, and I'll just I'll just go ahead and say like my problem is when a business decision like that is is seemingly only handled because of a certain community's pub, public outcry um, and disagreements. And now, but before we get to opinions and before we kind of jump into how we feel about how this was all handled, we we got to explain the rest of the story, right? So Carlos thought it was a great idea that after his team won a, a pretty serious major, they just took home a championship in League of Legends of the EU region. Um, so he went to Twitter, almost like a flex, showing him popping champagne, celebrating, having a good old time. And that's where it all began. So the, the downhill, the, the, the spiral, right? The boulder was tossed off this, this mountain and the momentum starts to pick up. People start seeing this video circulate and they, be, they, they begin thinking to themselves, did you really have to post the video hanging out with Andrew Tate? Did you really have to you know, show that for whatever reason you're able to hang out with what is otherwise um, one of the most infamous people in the internet? Is this supposed to be a flex, right? So everyone was really curious about why would you do this? Why would you align yourself, seemingly align yourself with someone who has these, these insane views, right? Like of the world and, and of women in general and stuff like that. And for those of you guys that are tuned into the live, you can see the, the video on screen right now. They are literally holding the sparkler uh, champagne bottles and there's a bunch of people. So he had his whole entourage with them. Um, and that's not, that's not all. This all happens. People start just going crazy on socials. And this is where the, the real problem begins or I guess continues. Ocelot, G2 Carlos, following the, the public outcry, decides to tweet out something along the tune of, this is where I draw the line in the sand. I can party basically with whomever I want and you are no longer or you are not allowed to police me and my friendships. And the tweet is still up right now. And that, that my friends, really took this up to, the, to a whole new level. I mean, he had 40,000 plus reactions as of right now. You think about the millions of people that essentially saw this, the, the hundreds of thousands. But he basically said, I can party with whoever the freak out on right <laughs> and and i mean it like he he went all out and one of the biggest comments that was upvoted underneath that thread was it's crazy how you chose this hill to die on of all the things you decide to fight against and and kind of you know uh be a be a justice warrior for we get it's your friendships and all that stuff but really you couldn't move the line for, you know you're gonna you're gonna you're going to go ahead and get yourself into this crazy line of fire over someone like that person that he was hanging out with. And, and that, that was not taken very lightly by G2, the organization. So all of a sudden, John, we start seeing the org itself have their own perspective and view. And it's wild because they go out and they tweet against the CEO, which is crazy. We don't, we've never seen someone who owns a brand have their social managers the shareholders and everyone else collectively decide, dude, we can't support the CEO right now. And they send the messaging out publicly for the world to see. Um, that's kind of the whole story. That's really 
where it all begins. That all unfolded within the matter of hours. And this man, G2 Asla, essentially went from the, the peak of the mountains way down to the valleys. Like, he was in the dumps here. Yeah, I, I agree with you with this being, like, an interesting hill to die on. Um, and there's so much nuance um, in, in any conversation about, you know, like, buzzwords like cancel culture. And even, like, it's crazy how something will happen and there's these certain categories of conversations and people just lump everything into it. And we don't always <laughs> measure things by like, you know, what, what this situation was. Um, but I do agree with that sentiment. Um, just because I'm like, well, I agree with it, that it's an interesting, I don't know that it would have been the hill that I chose to die on. There would be hills that I would die on that. I think people, <laughs> right. that I think people would come at me for that. I think I would see differently. But just when, like, and here's an example, like my favorite, my favorite comedian, probably favorite celebrity, like entertainer of all time, like living right now is Dave Chappelle. And without getting into all of that thing, if you research that individual, there, there's a, there's a myriad of people who have a lot of problems with what he says and how he says and everything. But when I dissect his life and you see what's underneath it all, there's a very real intellect. There's an effort to reach out to communities that are offended even if he doesn't walk back what he says, he's, you know, you, he has friendships with the people he disagree. Right. So I go, man, I would probably die on that hill of saying, yo, that's my, you still might hate me, but, but Andrew Tate, that man is an extremist. Yeah. And, but let's not forget Dave Chappelle's a, 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 a comedian. True. He literally does what he does with the full purpose and intent to bring light and awareness to what is otherwise, um, I mean, I don't have the words for this. I didn't prepare for a Dave Chappelle conversation right now, but <laughs> like what is yeah. otherwise cliches, stereotypes, right? Yep. Um, all those words, those buzzwords that I'm looking for. I mean, that's what that's what comedians do. They pick apart essentially stereotypes and yep. they make fun of them so right. people can, you know, kind of enjoy it. And he makes fun of his own race and obviously everything else under the sun. So uh, clearly there's a time and place for everything, right? And he has a platform to kind of do those things. Um, with that being said, this kind of leads down a, a totally different conversation. You have someone who is literally a CEO of an organization who represents not only his own personal brand, because he's built, um, he, he's one of the few, like he is, guys, he's an OG, a little history about G2 Esports. They've been around for 15 plus years, right? We're talking the earliest days of Esports. He's a he's he's one of the goats alongside, um, as a figure in Esports leader and CEO of a successful company like Optic Hex, like, uh, Andy Miller, like the likes of uh, Nate Shot, right? We're talking real celebrity influ influencers, like faces of the brands that they die, that they will die behind, right? That they have built from the ground up with their own investments, time, and money. So this is like, he's one of the last standing OGs of this space. And he essentially lost it all. So the G2 brand goes about they uh they go about essentially disowning him like dude we don't we don't stand for this perspective at all the fact that he's hanging out with this you know misogynist person um this person who stands for sexism and has all types of a myriad of crimes and open cases against them we're like this is not okay and we don't agree with the CEO of what Carlos has said um the supervisor board goes ahead and mutually agrees that they're going to give him an 8 week leave slash suspension essentially with no pay and it doesn't stop there following that message carlos essentially does apologize he kind of backtracks so remember that little line in the sand we we're talking about oh yeah he moves that thing back mm -hmm. because the ramifications of what just happened unfolded in a series of other events there 
Valorant franchise spot gets revoked and removed, which is a big deal. We're talking a spot that is upwards of $30 million in value um, as far as the entry cost to get into that. And their big plans of signing and trading off their existing um, Valorant EU team for an NA-based team and acquiring Xset's full NA team was completely botched. So now you have Carlos's own personal life and perspective and endeavors, if you will, right? Him partying with someone caused this insane ripple effect that bled directly into the company. And that caused another issue, right? Because essentially yesterday, he resigns completely as CEO. Now, I don't know about you, John, but I think he was fired. And and this is where, like, it, this is where it gets, there's such a domino. Like, I, I have less of an opinion on what G2 as a self-governing, or, you know, however, like an internal, like, that's one thing for them to decide how they want to decide. But for an outside organization like Riot to, like, do that off of that, because of one guy. Now, granted, he is the CEO. It's a, it's a big deal. That I have a, I kind of have a problem with that. It almost feels like it's like, it, it's like, it's not just good enough to like, discipline. We got to burn the burn it down. Like I feel like almost like it escalates things instead of brings resolution to things. There's, I feel like there's a difference between trying to bring discipline and justice and rightness versus like, oh, you stepped over one line. You're done. Like. That's a million, million, hundreds of millions of dollars of ramifications. There's other people who are affected by this. Like, that's what I have a problem with that personally. And it's kind of crazy because it almost, and this is wild to think about, and we've seen this happen before, but the continuation of brands virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, and, and nothing wrong with standing behind what you believe in. Uh, But when you start using your brands to do it, it just, to me, it gets a little weird, right? So like a good example of this, and there are so many examples of this, but as, again, culture decides on a particular perspective, as it becomes the positive, or I should say the the most widely uh, accepted perspective on a particular topic, everyone jumps on board. I mean, I hate to bring up like politics in particular, but like think about the Ukraine versus Russia war. Virtual signaling was everywhere. Like you see brands and orgs, everyone wants to put on the yellow and blue colors. And, you know, a lot of them don't even know what is going on, what's what's unraveling behind this. And and maybe, again, what this all means, right? But you're, you, we just see these instances again. And again, nothing against brands that are willing to support. Like what Epic Games did, giving away the first week of all of their Battle Pass money, uh, uh, the the skins that they generated, like literally all their revenue to the to war relief efforts is incredible like goes without saying they've done they did so much more than most brands would ever do right right and i think there's there's a there's a time to use your positive influence but virtual signaling like what's up with that but i think i think that's i think that's a great distinction is i have no problem with people standing up for the things that like but then it's when you leverage your values like if i like i felt pressured to post the ukraine thing like change my profile picture because I was like, are people going to think that I hate Ukraine if I don't do this? And I'm like, my point, that's, my point. that's not good, you know? And even, um, you know, Seth Godin, who is like an amazing, one of my favorite authors, like you would love him, uh, Javier, if you have never read his stuff, like huge marketing guru, like one of the original Ted talk guys, like OG, very interesting disciplines. Anyway, he's working on like a climate change almanac, which he, which his whole thing and not to get too into it, but he's like, too much of the conversation around the climate has become come from a divisive, 
guilt-based. It's a fight. And he's like, that's why no one's moving on this. Because people are fighting and they're pointing fingers and they're trying, oh, you flew a private jet. And he's, his whole thing is like, if we can't just in a very like legitimate way come together on this one, like, and even if some people don't, let's, let's us who are going to do it, focus on that. I just think, I just think it, it's interesting to see people get more focused on pointing out the people who aren't jumping on a train versus like, hey, yo, this actually help Ukraine then, bro. Like, if you're going to do it, do it. Don't, don't try to police everyone who isn't helping in the way that you want. So I think in this whole situation, to bring it back to, to what we're talking about, I think the way that G2 handles it is one thing, but for other organizations to spiral out stuff just feels unnecessary. Which to me is fine. Like I said, if, if the org really felt moved enough to go ahead and just say, hey, just, just so you all know, because the narrative, you know, the fans, right, in the comment section all of a sudden started saying that, hey, you as the CEO, this is what you're saying G2 stands for. We're, we're disappointed in that. We get why the org would come up and, and maybe say something. But like, like to your point, where it gets really weird, Riot jumps in and, and like basically pushes a punishment. Um, why? Why would developers of the game go ahead and do that? It's just, to me, it starts becoming way out of pocket. And it's, it's a virtual signal, in my opinion, for them to like try to look good in this situation. Um, but who knows? Maybe, maybe someone, and this is like where someone's personal perspective and personal agenda, possibly at Epic, felt so moved by what was going on. They were like, I'm going to punish you because I have, I have a little bit of power and authority to do so from my side, which is, again, crazy to, to kind of see the, the, that line, I feel like, blurred a little bit between personal feeling and, and personal business kind of mixed into more of the uh, your organization structure. And it's so weird because Riot is by no means uh, perfect. Like, look at the Blizzard history. Look at the Riot history. There are a lot of accusations and just weird stuff, uh, which is inevitable. We're talking some of the biggest companies in the world with extremely large infrastructures. Yep. So Yeah, whenever you get, I mean, the more people you get around something, the more likelihood, like we, people are, we're all flawed. Like, and I'm not, that is not an excuse to, and we should be corrected. But the bigger something is, it's inevitable that there is going to be corruption. There's going to be people that do things. And I think, I think, of course, you know, the, the uh, empathy I'll extend to G2 and even to riot, right. Is maybe they feel like they're trying so hard to show people how, much they're trying to improve that in their minds they're like, right? It's like, hey, if we make this move, it'll mean so much to this population of women on our staff. Right. And so I could, you know what? Like I'll extend that. Or their players. Empathy, honestly, or their right. players. Right. And like, yeah. I, I can see, like, I don't, I, I, uh, it is no small task to lead a large organization in 2022. Right. Like and, no small and task. And again, I, I get why they were doing it. I see the benefits. All I'm saying is, does it fit in? Does it fit in? Right? Should this be the norm? Should this be the norm? Is really all I'm trying to question here. Um, and I and I also just want to lay for the record: if you listen to us so far, and you're thinking like, "Monster, I can't believe you're agreeing with this." I don't agree with <laughs> Carlos uh, hanging out with the uh, one of the most wanted men on the internet. Essentially, uh, you know, if you're gonna do that, your personal life. This is why you separate personal and business. Um, he should have known posting that thing up for likes, impressions, etc. He knew what he was getting into. He knew he was gonna spark a controversy. Uh, you know what they say. You play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. So he he totally signed up for it. He deserved to be punished in in some wor- way, shape, or form. G2 giving him an eight-week suspension, totally fine. It was when 
Riot steps in, removes their franchise spot. That caused a domino effect of high-level business moves that I'm assuming the supervisors, the board, everyone else said, now you've cost us millions upon millions of damages that you know you cannot recuperate to us. We no longer want you on staff. How are you going to pay for this? And he walks away from the brand, the brand that he built for the last 20 years. You know what I'm saying? That's where this gets crazy because now he steps down as CEO and G2, I'm, I'm sad to say it, but just becomes another org in the wind. There is something special about a brand ambassador being in front of these brands, someone who is passionate and cares about the, the brand. There's nothing like it. That's why Nate Shot and 100 Thieves, synonymous with one another, Optic and Hex, mm-hmm. right? Like all these all these brands, they, they go, they coincide, they go side to side. I mean, me and practice server, right? Like this is my brand. Should MDF no longer be on prac, then like, Crack becomes what? Like, uh, again, uh, just another company, another shell. 100%. And I think of a very recent um, example of that, we talked about this on the show when it was breaking a few months ago, is when um, TSM's founder and CEO, Reginald, had some accusations and some drama and then a spree of uh, players and content creators uh, coming out talking about um, talking about different things that uh, they're unhappy with. It, it, reset, um, it resets entirely the... The public persona, it just really does. And I think, you know, or even like things like complexity, you know, which is, a, 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 I would say, they're not a small organization, but in terms of influence. That's why you see them bringing in a Tim the Tap Man. They're trying to bring in, they're trying to build that. Like, and so I agree, this is going to set them back and just a little bit of, a, a little bit of um, you know, underlining context of, of the millions of dollars is G2 was going to try to get a, an NA Valorant spot. And that would have been a huge move for G2 is traditionally an EU brand. And while they've had a lot of success over there, there is uh, a lot of money to be had in, in, in the NA space. And so they've been fielding a, um, their Halo team has been a, uh, an NA team. Halo's a, such a smaller market than Valorant. This would have been, uh, I, I imagine this was a, a chess piece in a chess piece in a chess piece. And, um, and, and that's gone. And so is Carlos. So I don't, I don't feel, uh, I feel bad for G2. I feel, I feel bad. I feel bad for Carlos a little bit here for me personally, um, only because like I said, he got his, his world has been ripped out from underneath his feet for a stupid video that he did. Most likely again, for impressions, the, the internet kind of took its toll on him, which is crazy. Uh, Again, I agree he deserved to be punished in in some way, shape or form, but my gosh, uh, what all happened is insane. I'm not sure if I could justify that, uh, John, I, I don't want to sit here too long. Yeah, because this this is a this is a meaty we, we, meaty topic. We, we, we could go on but forever. I, maybe next time. Uh, hey, maybe we're in the same room. Me, you, and Connor. <laughs> we do some longer episodes on some like deeper, you know, themes. Because but that's how yeah. crazy this one is, though, right? Yeah. Well, because it is indicative of like a lot of the world we have, and like the last thing I'll say on this, and then we will end up. Let's talk about. We'll talk about the Valorant franchising in general, um, and just esports franchising. We won't get into every lane, but we just did want to talk about that. It's been a it's been a note of uh, contention um, amongst the community. Um, we've seen it now in Halo, Call of Duty, now Valorant. Last thing I want to say on that is I think of the young guys and girls out there in, in, in a world where one mistake ends everything. I just don't right. ever want that to affect my, the world that my daughters are growing up in um, and saying there should, be, there should be ramifications, there should be consequences, and there are, but to completely delete someone um, off of the face of the earth. And I know that that's not what like actually happened, but this stuff stays with you, man. Like this is a hard thing. 
you guys should research um, when uh, James Gunn, the director and producer of Guardians of the Galaxy, someone resurfaced tweets that he had from like 15 years ago. They tried to, they, they, they did this. Disney removed him from the cast uh, or from the show. And the entire cast, this is, it's just very inspiring. You guys should read this up. This is a very underreported story. Every cast member, every celebrity signed a petition saying, if he's not back, we're all out. And I'm like, that's beautiful. And he should not have said those things and he should be held responsible, but you don't get to delete people. You just don't. You just don't. So (laughs) that's what I did. That's a crazy, uh, I didn't even know that that event occurred. That's, that's wild. And, uh, hey man, shout out to his, his real friends standing with him. And that's, that's, that's a whole nother discussion, right? In, in your, your darkest times and your lowest lows, who's going to stand by you? There have been a lot of people that have taken this chance to drag, you know, basically the CEO, the ex-CEO of G2 through the mud. Um, and there have been very few vocal enough, uh, brave enough, I guess, to talk their perspective on how they kind of see what all unfolded. Because now all of a sudden you are putting yourself potentially to be ridiculed. Like I said, when you don't agree nowadays with the most popular opinion or perspective, you all of a sudden get almost like blacklisted, right? Like, which is crazy, but... Let, let's 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 jump on. There yeah. is so much more to talk about. Um, and, I hope you and all, it's all out listeners. there. It's on his. Yes. It's on Carlos's thing. Let's watch his video. Read G two statements. Like yo, get There's educated so for yourself. Well, I think we really just wanted to just point out how the domino effect is. We, we should all be very careful of that. And then just in general, for any anyone listening, you there's second chances for everybody. Okay, don't be stupid. But everyone gets a second <laughs> chance. So esports franchising, uh, Javier. This is my problem with it. As my early days of getting involved in esports, my I got my original MLG from 2005 Astro Tags. It's all nice, worn down. Nice. They're they're faded behind me. Like the beauty of what helped uh, gaming get to where it is is the fact that any group of four could get in a van, get some honey buns, spend what little sense they had, and go compete to to win thousands of dollars playing video games. And my problem with franchising is I feel like it gatekeeps some of the best stories, best aspects of what makes gaming gaming. And um, we even see things like, um, um, you know, the, the list of people that didn't make it into the Valorant franchising, um, uh, the, the cost of Call of Duty uh, to get into the CDL League. These are all things, in my opinion, that, um, that, that, don't, that, that don't bode well and, uh, for, for, for gaming as a whole. Um, and I think that there needs to be a, a merit-based um, acquisition to play. If you're the best team, you should be able to play. And, and that's my take. And that's one thing Epic did really well that I also like, just believe by, right? Like, like I stand by this now. Um, what Epic did back in the day, obviously, was have this open platform. They do not allow teams to buy spots in competition. And if you are great, you will rise to the top by being great. And that's kind of what have allowed so many people, like look at how many lives have been changed uh, through regular arena competition, zero build competitions now starting to come out, right? Within the Fortnite space in particular. Um, and this franchising thing, there's so many benefits, don't get me wrong, to building this, like we're talking extreme fandom around like rooting for teams and stuff like that. So the sad part about it is we know it works. Riot knows it works. Right. Look at League of Legends. Look at any of their other successful titles or endeavors they've been a part of. They know it works. Yep. And that's why they're going to go down that route. But it, it does kind of suck to see that there's going to be, I mean, hundreds, if not thousands of potential players that will never, ever see the light of opportunity now. 
because you don't have a franchise spot because you don't have a platform to be seen to yeah. be signed and to play for big money that can change your life yeah and it, and it, and um obviously relationships we talked about this in the past as well relationships are important for for building your life moving forward in business they're important but i don't like a world where relationships can gatekeep people and i feel like this sets it up to be like who knows who and who's cool and who like and oh you get this spot and but, I'm just, but also who's who has the millions of dollars to this this is this is not an entry level fee guys this yeah. is a barrier of entry that is way too high for any startup organization to yeah. actually you know bust into and, and kind of knock down that threshold and how many kids just won't even go for it because they just so it's like i think it takes a it takes a very uh almost diluted person to think that they can play in the the nba basketball right um and there's probably some wisdom to that right but at the same time i'm like there there was just this what i don't want to lose in gaming is this feel of like man like even as it gets mainstream, right? This like, this feel of like through gaming, any kid can just work hard, rise up, get Carpal's Tunnel, uh, fail a couple tests, but like you know, make money pursuing their dreams. And I just hope that that, that franchise. I, I my worry is that franchising, um, especially because there's not a real collegiate next step in between. This is what I think. Like, there's not. It's like there's not a next step. It's either like you're a random 18 year old or you're on phase is kind of how it's like panning out. And I don't feel like most kids are going to view that as an a- access point. So those that's, are my takes. Gr- no. And, and that's another great point just about how underdeveloped the esports scene is, how new it still is. Right. And why so many entities and organizers try to jump in and build something here. Um, there's a lot to be built. There's a lot of void to be filled basically with all the other tiers to make it realistic for some, but um, that, that's, that's pretty crazy. Jumping on other topics though, jumping on more, Again, continuing the conversation of just such a wild week. Twitch has taken a huge L and a huge W all at the same time while YouTube just continues to capitalize on their failures. Um, Let's go ahead and start from the beginning, I guess. Yep. Twitch decides to go ahead and ban gambling, John. And the reason behind this, there's there's a cool reason behind this. It's because... The internet, once again, rises up in uproar. So this is like kind of the same foot on the on the shoe where the internet decides this is how we feel. XYZ company moves to action. We saw it happen with Ocelot, not in his favor in G2, but this is where it kind of works in the favor of the viewer because what happens is there was a streamer called Slicker. He started borrowing hundreds of thousands of dollars from not only streamers, but his fans, he abused a parasocial relationship with his fans for money, essentially scamming them out of some hundreds, some thousands, in all of which he was basically running a scheme to continue to gain money and put this money back into sports betting. He had a gambling addiction. And this is a wild, just, again, crazy story that led to all of it being leaked out, people coming out with their testimonies and statements and no one saw this coming, especially not Twitch. And this looked terrible on Twitch. I mean, they are clearly under some some scrutiny for already having like one of the biggest platforms in the world, but introducing people to gambling because it's one of the most popular things that have taken over some of the Twitch directory alongside like IRL streaming. Yeah, and there's been some heated debate between people um, like Ethan over H3. Um, 
people um that are that are very uh new to the platform that blew up aiden ross who especially have a very young audience uh who has gambled he does it way less now he won't do it at all on twitch and there's just some fascinating different um debates i saw javier and shout out like aiden ross in terms of like consuming entertainment it's not my personal cup of tea but one thing i want to respect on him is that like even if he doesn't change his mind i've watched him like he he at least talks to the people that disagree with him which i think right. is which is which is honorable and i think we, we should all strive for and um a lot of the main points leverage against him is, is just like you said is like even though there's a lot of grown adults in gaming and on twitch there's a lot of impressionable kids and um gambling like psychologically like scientifically factually is yes. addictive destructive like horrible and depending on just again your biology that you cannot control it's exploitive exploitative uh whether you know it or not some people can have addictive personality characteristics this is all like real stuff data linked to scientists or, or science and and research not that i can quote anything for you guys to check it out but trust me i read it on the internet somewhere uh with that with that being said Twitch decides to ban gambling because they were almost directly under scrutiny and in this, again, this weird situation where they felt like they had to action. They end up ban banning gambling across any non-sanctioned sites that don't operate within like U.S. law or something like that. So it's not completely removed. It just has these huge restrictions essentially placed on what you can and can't do on the platform. Um, this, is, this, is, this is, again, a, a really big deal because not only does it affect the livelihood of of course the influencers and streamers but this is something that should have been done and it just makes you again question like clearly twitch is doing these things because the advertisers right they want to appeal to the advertisers and all we're all for it right you get the w there but right afterwards they decide to go ahead and in the middle of the night i think it was like 4 a.m eastern they tweet out that they are now removing 30% of the revenue from streamers and influencers that make over $100,000 on their platform. And this is like uh, one of the, the worst things and probably the worst timing Twitch could have ever done following YouTube who just announced they are giving more money to not only their subscribers and, and the creators on their platform, but they released monetized shorts on their platform. And everyone watching um, with us live and if you're listening, go back and just look at it. Javier, so this is, this is Twitch's Twitter feed. Uh, so September 20th at 6.09 p.m., they, they tweet about gambling. Huge W. People are happy. I, I'm applauding. If it is not clear to you guys, we are both very happy with This is huge, right? A little late, but we're happy, right? And then here we just scroll on up. Ooh, September 21st at, <laughs> at 6 a.m. So what is that, 12 hours, right? Is they, that they tried hours. to hide. They tried to hide the post as if, hey, if we tweet at six a.m., yeah, you know, less people are gonna see it. It's our deadest time on socials, but clearly not enough because everyone knows about it. Um, they have effectively, like I said, shot themselves in the foot. Twitch continues to be the Twitch killer. Uh, they're they're following down the same kind of narrative that most of these juggernaut companies do. You are too big to fail unless you begin to literally force yourself down a road of failure. And this is a problem. Not only is it a problem that they are taking money away from the, 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 the top tier of who makes their platform what it is, like your, your 
your 0.001% exceptional um, influencer, but also they go on to say, and this is probably what's more concerning, that the reason for this is the website is too expensive to essentially serve the uh, the streams to the viewers. So Twitch has a big problem here. They have a money problem. And at the end of it all, the big slap in the face is like, oh, but don't worry. You can make a most of your money, big streamer, if you just play more ads. Because that's all they've been trying to do is shove more ads down th- the streamer and viewers' throats. And the problem with this, John, Twitch has the worst ads. They're non-skippable, full 30-second ads. You're talking eight minutes of unskippable ads. How destructive. It's worse when it's uh, three shorter ads back-to-back. I don't know why that feels worse to me. So Um, bad. On on Twitch's blog, uh, we highlighted a couple of things. Just to to recap, you know, um, uh, they also go on to say, like, this is how they try to get around it. They said, it was always an unofficial agreement that for our premium, they called them premium deals with large content creators, that we gave them such a good deal. So they kind of like, were like, we never really, this was never really a policy, so, you know, don't be too mad. And um, so everyone that um, earns over 100K in sub-revenue will maintain a 70-30 split. And then anything above that will be brought to a 50-50 split. And then right here, um, so some like quote good news um is for approximately 90 percent of streamers on their normal agreements this isn't going to affect them you know so i have a homie i have a couple of homies who like uh sub revenue yeah, is like and, how they make their rent so i'm like i'm, and, I'm and grateful me, for that let me jump in here i'm a streamer i did this for eight years full time i know very well um how much it takes to make one hundred thousand in in subscriber revenue i never even got close to that john let me tell you um it is you have to be literally the XQCs, Summit 1Gs, uh, train wrecks. Like, you have to be the utmost top tier broadcaster. Like, and this doesn't really affect the normal streamer. The problem is the, the continued slap in the face that they kind of add on at the end, pushing their advertising agenda onto people. That's where the real problem starts to like, happen here. Um, and now, what you're doing. What happens if mega streamers leave your platform? Look at Ninja. Great example. Says, you know what? I don't need a partnership badge because he probably saw all this stuff coming. He probably already knew. For all we knew, he's got the scoop like that. And he says, I'm going to get way ahead of this. I'm going to do this wild announcement. I'm going to broadcast on all platforms. And you know what? I'm going to make my money in a whole bunch of different ways. That's not going to limit me. And already now, Ninja's looking like he's done the best move. As yeah. a multi-millionaire, anyone who makes over one hundred thousand in sub revenue, John, is is not their their world is not going to end because Twitch changed the policy. They they make up so much money in in brand yeah. deals and ad and you know what I mean. So it's not that they're they're going to go homeless. That's that's not even the the problem here. Problem is, uh, Twitch is running the risk of running them off their platform now. One hundred percent. And and a ninja, I think, um, and I, honestly, he may have timed this. I, I think he's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. Who but, knows? But when Warzone Call of Duty Next just happened, um, and which we'll talk about the beta at the very end briefly of uh, the new Modern Warfare, but they're debuting Warzone 2.0 to the world, and the value that Ninja must have represented to the company by being on all those platforms, I mean, he picked he picked a really good time, and now he's not losing anything. And I think, like, 
and just to really reiterate what you're saying, when Ninja first moved to Mixer, it was a joke. And then, and then, and, and it was, it actually was because then Mixer shut down. Like we were, the market was correct. It was a joke to not be on Twitch at the time. Laughable. Then we started seeing some of these big YouTube uh, deals. Um, and um, what's his name? Ryan over there. Wiz. Is that his name? Yeah. Yep. Like F Wiz did a great job. Uh, creating some of these things. But even then, even then, you're just kind of like, oh, YouTube is like secondary, right? They're the narrative of like, oh, Doc should be back on Twitch and blah, blah, blah. This move was like, I really feel like is like the damn broke. And now it's like YouTube is genuinely in the eyes of everyone just as good, if not a little bit better to to stream on. And I think we're going to see I really do think we're going to see an avalanche. Like, honestly, I think we're going to see an avalanche. Yes, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think we're going to see more people go down the ninja route versus any other route or option yes. that's available right now as far as exclusivity to a particular platform. But this is also, if YouTube had any conversations with anyone and they were doubting what direction they wanted to go or maybe swaying in one version or the other, Twitch has quite literally pushed mega streamers in a in a direction and youtube can pay they can snipe up these guys for millions of dollars and, and afford to do so um at this point um the crazy part is though like we said twitch is still the better streaming platform it's superior don't get me wrong but youtube has some better things behind it the fact that there is no limits on how you can or how, how much of a quality stream you want to put on it actually can support 1080p streams with extended bitrate beyond 10,000. Twitch limits you. Twitch goes as far as actually limiting and nerfing and compressing all non-partner streamers because they clearly have a bandwidth issues they they cannot pay for. It's a it's becoming a I guess more and more non-profitable to operate Twitch, which is a problem for them clearly. And they're going about it the wrong way, man. Uh, if you're gonna start looking to save money, I hate to say it, but usually you look internally first. Look at the cost of of you know, some of the other stuff, how do you strike a better deal with your, your web services, et cetera? Like you look there first, you don't go burn the people that are, that are literally the backbone of your, uh, your, your entire platform. I really don't understand why they targeted the people they target the top 1%. They yeah. could have, they could have targeted everyone else with a 60, 40 deal. Probably been better. Yeah. Like, you're killing your, your biggest viewership. Yeah. And it just gave people like courage and, um, you know, courage did a pretty, uh, direct tweet of saying like, I've been on YouTube for three years and I've never been more confident. You know, Tim was talking about it. Tim, uh, the Tapman, when he was addressing it, he, he brought up a great point, which is, which I really do think is almost um, the main point about a move regarding money is there was no actual reason that they um, made this move. There was no, like, they weren't adding a new service. They weren't adding something. And, <laughs> and that, that's why it just sucks. You know, it's wild too. And I, I think I was watching a Ludwig video. He said, <laughs> "This is and this is so funny." He said, "Twitch could have waited to to put to post this." By the way, this doesn't go into effect until June of next year. There was no reason for them They're to so dumb. actually share this right now. When YouTube, like I said in particular, YouTube just came off of a mega announcement about the way that they are allowing monetization to shorts and their overall creator program and direction. And then on top of that, they had a little bit of good PR finally just for addressing the issue of gambling. So way for them to take one step forward and 10 steps back yep. and in the worst time possible. And, and before TwitchCon, 
People are already and mad about TwitchCon. People are gonna be watching. Around. Yes. You're literally, in, you would just invite. It's like it's like you invited everyone over to your house, and and they're all. It's gonna coagulate, bro. Like Nick Merckx is already doing his, so his his own event, and it's gonna kill, bro. He's doing it for free as well. And I think free free food, free merch. Prediction right now: Nick Merckx is the next one to do something like Ninja. That's my prediction. Uh, He's it's, the it's next one. I mean, the writing's already on the wall. The man threw his own event right on top of Twitch's biggest event because he did not agree with the policy change of basically Twitch saying, and, and this is, we didn't even talk about this, but for those of you guys that don't know, let, let's just, let me just backtrack. So follow me here. TwitchCon was a, released. This is Twitch's biggest, basically yearly event. Um, it was not in effect due to the pandemic, right? So we missed a couple years. They decide to announce that they are returning because they felt like the ecosystem, the world is in a much safer place to operate an event in California. They go ahead and do that. People buy tickets, people buy housing, people buy traveling. And then out comes, I don't want to use the word, the cancel army. We'll just say people that felt extremely strong about the safety policy, totally warranted uh, conversation to have here. Right, but they come out and they they start expressing their concerns up and down the announcement post. Hey, this doesn't feel safe. We still have a pandemic. This is um irresponsible of you to get all these people together. You know, again, all of course warranted perspectives. We're not here to d decide what should and shouldn't be. But the problem is, Twitch sees this and it's like, dude, Twitch crumbled <laughs> like a wet napkin. They got broke right in half. They said, oh, sorry. Uh, you know what? We're gonna change the policy. They make it so that you have to be mandatory vaccinated and or mandatory proof of uh, negative COVID results at the arrival. And this is where people really had a problem. You have to wear a mask in the entire venue, which means that most streamers, they're not going to be recognizable. You're not going to be able to see person you adore or love or you showed up for and organically just come across them like, oh, snap. Yo, is that is that, you know, who I think it is? You know, now it becomes this whole thing. And they made it a thing, and they didn't have to. They already had made no, the announcement. No one else they already is, made the. Decision. No one else is making it a thing, like the NFL Super Bowl concerts, like airplanes. Like when when the airplanes ended it, and so yeah. And again, don't get me wrong. Every business entity has the right to do what they want to do, but when you come out with a perspective, and then you change it because the vocal tweets, like, do you realize how manipulative? People are on the are on the internet. Like any one person with half a brain can Google bots to just inflate tweets and responses. So you're not even really basing it on anything that is like real public sentiment, if you will. You're basing it off of internet perspectives, most of which honestly can't even afford to go or won't even probably weren't even deciding on going. But they just threw their perspectives in the hat. Like let's be real, the very 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 few people can actually afford to go on a trip i yeah. mean you you have to be in in somewhat of a, a well-off living and don't get me wrong you can scrap all your money together and people make it happen um but the truth is you know that's a thing of luxury being able to take a trip enjoy a vacation or whatever well having said that javier will be at twitchcon so make sure to say what's I'm, up to hey, him. i'm gonna be there <laughs> don't get me wrong like listen i'm just i'm just breaking the news guys yeah. and like i said i'm trying to be super unbiased here not throw my personal perspective in here but i'm just saying it like how it is like yeah. i think it's wild because the same way riot did what they did the same way you know g2 kind of stood up and did what they did twitch virtual signal like 
out the gate right here. Like, oh, this sounds like the the popular perspective. We're gonna do this. And really, I hope I hope what you guys hear us as we're discussing any of these topics is like not even trying to harp on our personal opinions on the matters as much as like the business sense behind it and how when you listen to that that it's like you said like the the Twitter bots, even if they're real, it is much more of a minority um, in terms of uh, the people you're there to serve and love and and, and be there for. A really good example is like if Epic listened to what every Twitter response said, their game would probably actually be dead right now. But the fact is, they listen to the statistics and the numbers in the game. And that is why they have millions upon millions of people that show up by the battle pass. And guess what? I'm sure the 1%, 5% if that, use Twitter, right? Everyone yeah. else, just players. They just show right. up and play the game. Here's what Twitch should have done. And then we'll wrap with this, guys. They should have just stood on their word. They should have. This is back to the sub thing. They should have done a Robin Hood. So check this out. They should have had their smart people take all the big content creators. Because the the amount of people that this affects, you could, I mean, is is under, probably under 100, right? Probably under 100. And, and, but the money that Twitch is going to keep is a significant portion. You're talking about the revenue. The revenue. They should have capped the big dogs, but rerouted some of it to smaller partners. And one, I think that actually would kind of be the right thing to do if I'm just being honest. Like, I, I genuinely do know, like, multiple people who subs as a part of their living. And, and what, if, what if they would just said that? Like, hey, guys, listen, you know what? You guys are making disgusting amounts of money. We're going to take 10%. 5% is going to go back into revenue bonuses for the entire platform. Another 5% to charitable causes and operational fees. I don't know. That would have been crazy. Yes, and, and then what they say... Is they say, and here's the actual operate. Like, imagine an Apple event where they're like, "Yo, our next product is gonna cost eight hundred dollars. We're not telling you what it is. Pay now." No one's clicking, bro. Like Apple's <laughs> like Apple is showing you the the lens where it was made and actually, what? actually they will buy. Just look at NFTs, all right? Okay, it's, okay, okay. You don't even know okay. what you're paying. You're like, dude, ten Ethereum. Trust me. And they're like, yes, click. But- but Apple, but the difference between, but right now, Apple's stock is not down bad like all of freaking NFTs right. are yeah. right now. Apple is, is still going. And anyway, and anyway, they should have just said, they should have done exactly what we said. They should have rerouted it to some of the people who are trying to earn their spot here. And then they should have said, here are the three features that this rerouted revenue from the big dogs, the 1%, the people who have... Who have, you know, they should have written something like, and we know that with these, this population between ad deals and blah, 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 and everything... Then if, if Hassan or Asmongold or any of the angry people, right? And I'm not even saying they're wrong for being angry, guys. I know you all listen to our podcast. I'm not even saying you're wrong. But they wouldn't have been able to be angry because then their anger would have been that they make more or less money at the expense of more pe- other people making more money. Twitch fumbled the bag. They should, they should have called us, man. That, there is, I, I didn't even think about that, but there comes John with a very another great idea. John, you, I don't know what you drink today, but you are like on a whole new enlightened level. Every topic today, you've hit me with a perspective that I'm like, dang, dude, why didn't I think of that? Like that, that right there sounds good. So, and you know yeah, what guys, it is, guys? We're fathers. I won't go be a TwitchCon because I just had an infant. Okay, <laughs> that's what it is. Go clap for John. Uh, he's really been he's he's been a, a great great co-host today um definitely hitting things uh nail nail on the head across uh, multiple different perspectives i I love it um 
to your point to the to the point of which we're bringing all this stuff up man we're we don't know what the future of streaming looks like we don't know who who in fact is going to come out in the in in, the, in front essentially in this race but it is looking like all the people all the naysayers um are are pretty shut right now youtube has the money to survive the war the, the marathon if you will um twitch pretty pretty clearly does not have that direct amazon juice and influence over their product um instead they're being treated as a byproduct uh, like you mentioned the entire infrastructure ecosystem of what twitch once was is no longer that they're just a, an entity a corporate entity and they are trying to trying their best to push advertising on their platform and it sucks and they're not doing it right so the more they do that they're almost focusing on the wrong thing they are not focusing on building the superior product which has allowed them to be in the position they are today while youtube kind of went in reverse they had their ad stuff on lock so they figured out the money a long time ago now they're just finishing up the product and um it's only a matter of time before i think youtube does become the number one platform and never looks back they are already by far one of the leaders in the space, of course, or media and have been over the last decade plus, right? Since uh, since they decided to take down this route. So it's pretty crazy. This has been a, a, a insane episode. Um, if it wasn't your cup of tea, I still appreciate you getting this far. I know we talked about a lot of stuff here. We definitely played with fire ourselves, even hitting on some of these topics. There's some crazy stuff in there. Uh, but hey, at the end of the day, it is what it is, man. It's esports. It, it, it's affecting us. And this is why we love talking about this stuff, man. Yeah, and we, we had some stuff we wanted to get to, but we'll get to it maybe next week. We got some new slash old titles that we'll talk about. We'll talk about uh, the cyberpunk resurgence maybe next week. We'll be able to Wrath give you... Wrath resurgence. Wrath resurgence. Javier <laughs> will have not slept a week from now. And then yes. I've, been, I've been grinding on this new Call of Duty beta. I think I feel, a, uh, I feel like my sweaty game battles teenager self is coming back. That's right. So if Fortnite's not enough for you with the new season, you got Cyberpunk, you got World of Warcraft, Wrath Launch, you got COD Beta coming to a close right now. A lot of cool games on the horizon. Um, shoot, even Gundam Evolution did like a reskinned Overwatch style. Maybe that scratches your nostalgia itch for some Gundam action. So new, new World cool dropping stuff. content. There's a lot. The great, new world, new great age for gaming. It might be scary for streaming, but I feel like we're in a golden age of gaming. We're about. To, I think we're we're crossing into. And today, hey, the recording of this this uh, episode, um, th- this is this is a this is a pay homage, and we end on it. Is Halo Three was released on this date? Um, how many years ago? What's the math? In two thousand seven. What is that? Fifteen years. Fifteen wow. years. Fifteen years ago. Halo 15 Three. Fifteen years ago. I held the. I re- I had a blockbuster rented copy of it in my hands. <laughs> uh, Cheeto dust and pop tarts all around me, and I beat that game on legendary. And, Meanwhile, uh, I was I was renting like crazy taxi. I wasn't into <laughs> Halo. I missed the Halo train. But uh, hey, man, it's it's been an excellent episode. Thank you so very much for joining us here, John. Let the people at home know where they can find you, my boy. Hey, J O N John W K Rush on Twitter. Hit me up. Say hello. And of course, uh, I'm I'm frequenting around all of our practice server handles, and so we're trying to put up some different and interesting stuff. Let you know what we're doing as a business, as an organization. Also, maybe trying to drop some stuff that helps you improve your everyday life and your content creation journey. That's right. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. It's your boy, Monster D-Face. We're getting out of here. Don't forget to send your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, leave a review, a good review, please. I, I know this one might, this one might have sent some, uh, some crazy reactions, but hey, man, uh, drop your feels anywhere you want. Uh, check up with us on Twitter as per usual. 
um, at Monster DFace across all social platforms. We'll see you guys on the next Fortnite podcast episode. And then, of course, next week when we have another guest jump on here, it'll be our boy Jacob from the Practice Server slash Scale CEO. Um, he's a very radical guy. So if you didn't like my views, you might love his. And that'll be next week. He is literally almost the opposite of global views as a... Uh, Everyone deserves a voice. Everyone deserves a voice, man. So we'll we'll have some fun perspective on here. Hopefully you'll be represented. And uh, yeah, we'll get some fresh takes on some of the stuff that's going on all week long. So until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Peace, y'all.